You are listening to the Rooted Podcast, the conversation advancing gospel-centered youth ministry. Rooted Podcast, where we're hoping to further the conversation about how we can all anchor our ministries more deeply in the gospel. One of the most difficult issues that youth ministers face day in, day out, is how to minister to students who experience same-sex attraction. We all know that there are students who identify themselves as gay, but are quiet about it. And they're in our Sunday school rooms, they're in our small groups, they're on our trips. And so many youth ministers struggle to know how to uh, pastorally minister to students who experience that. Today, we are talking to Dr. Wesley Hill. He is the author of Washed and Waiting. He's also the author of Spiritual Friendship, Finding Love in the Church as a Celibate Gay Christian. Um, Wesley, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. I am very happy to be here. It's my honor to be here with you. Awesome. Well, also joining us too is Liz Edrington. She is uh, the editor of the Rooted blog. She has been a youth minister at Christ Episcopal Church in Charlottesville for six years. And she's now in Chattanooga, Tennessee, having just finished her master's degree in counseling. So Liz, thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. <laughs> um, well, first off, um, Wes, would you mind just telling us a little bit about what is the experience like for a, an adolescent who experiences same-sex attraction? What is that like for them in a church setting? What are the difficulties? What are the experiences? Yeah, thanks. Uh, I, can, I can certainly talk about my particular story. And I think the way I want to preface that, though, is by reminding us that um, just as there are hundreds of different experiences of heterosexuality, you know, a student can be coming from a million different places. I think the people who are in our youth groups um, who identify as same-sex attracted or gay or lesbian, they also have a hundred or a thousand different stories. So it's, it's really important to sort of recognize that some of the words that we use, like homosexuality or being gay, that's, that's like an umbrella term. So it, 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 it's a useful way to sort of categorize a lot of experiences. But we've also got to remember that each individual is unique. And, and my story is not going to look like everyone else's story. So just, just coming to every student conversation expecting this is going to be a story I've never encountered before. And I need, to, I need to listen to this student and engage this particular face that's in front of me. I think that's really important. So my, my, my story is... Um, I was raised in a, in a loving Christian family. My, my parents uh, were and are um, godly people, thoughtful Christian people. And from a young age, I knew that I was loved and taken care of. Um, I, was, I was not uh, abused or taken advantage of as a child. I was uh, nurtured. My dad told me he was proud of me, that he loved me. You know, um, it, was a, it was a very nurturing home in that sense. And, and I often tell people that my earliest childhood memories are of hearing my parents um, read, do you guys know those little arch books? Uh, they're, they're, they're put out by um, a Lutheran press, Concordia Press, I think, but they're, they're individual Bible stories. They're thin little books, and they're colorfully illustrated, and they're often rhyming. So I, th- that's my earliest childhood memories, are hearing my, my mom and my dad read me those books. So, you know, we have pictures from when I was three and four and five years old of, of drawings that I made of these books. So like David and Goliath, Daniel and the Lion's Den, Jesus walking on water, you know, that was the kind of childhood I it was a deeply Christian childhood, and and um, and you know I was raised Baptist, so I I uh, prayed the sinner's prayer at five or six years old, and got <laughs> baptized when I was about eleven or twelve, and um, I I never really um, I suppose I was unusual in some sense because I never really resented that or wanted to get away from that. I, I there were obviously ways that church was uncomfortable at certain points, and 
But I, I, I really cared about being in the youth group. I cared about, you know, being in Bible studies. This was kind of my life. And um, I, I think that, for me, that created a sort of unique context where when I realized that I was gay, when I, when I got to puberty, and I realized, man, you know, my sexual attractions are really different than my friends. My friends are starting to talk about um, noticing girls and wanting to ask girls out and, and discussing all the feelings that go with that. I was not having that experience at all. And um, I was beginning to find my friends attractive. You know, they, they were talking about the girls they found attractive. I was finding them attractive. And um, I, I, I think that it was this, it was sort of this, tension between, I knew that I wanted to be a Christian, I knew I loved the church, but I also didn't feel like this was normal at all for someone to be feeling in the church. I thought that insofar as I knew anything about homosexuality at all, I thought it was something out there. You know, it's something that gay people uh, do, and gay people are not here in the church. And so uh, there was this strange combination of both knowing that my parents and my youth pastor and my friends loved me, but also feeling here's this big part of myself that I can't talk about with them because I think that I shouldn't be feeling it. I'm ashamed to be feeling it. I'm embarrassed of it. I, w- I just want it to go away. I want to I want to uh, make it through high school without telling another soul about this. And um, so I think I guess I guess that's a long way of saying I think that probably a lot of kids in a lot of youth groups are going to be in a similar place. They're go- they're not going to find it easy to talk about this. Mm. But I also think it's important to say, I mean, so that was, you know, I, I, I'm 33 years old and I graduated from high school in 2000. The world has really changed in the 15 years since I graduated high school. And I think now, uh, certainly the youth pastors I'm talking to, a lot of them are saying, you know, can you please help me? Because a bunch of 13 year olds in my youth group are coming out and wanting to talk about, you know, being gay or being lesbian or being bi or being trans and I'm not equipped. And I just think, man, that's so different than my experience in youth group. Like, I didn't want to talk about it at all. And now a lot of people are sort of finding labels for themselves far earlier. I mean, I kind of identified as gay finally when I was in my early 20s. And I think now it's very normal for a 13-year-old or 14-year-old in a youth group to identify as gay or lesbian. So I think just being aware, that's sort of why I prefaced it by saying there are a lot of different experiences. And my story is one, but it's not, it's not necessarily uh, representative of, of all kids that you might encounter. That's a long answer. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, you talked about how youth ministers you know, engage students. What are some things that you would say that youth ministers can do that you find that can be harmful or hurtful or make the struggle even more difficult for students who are identifying themselves as gay? I mean, one thing that comes just sort of immediately to mind is I think one of the ways we can hurt people pastorally is by treating their particular issue or question or burden as putting them in this special category that we've now got to, you know, um, you know, this is such a huge thing that you're asking me or that you're dealing with. We better find you a, a kind of private group to go be part of because this yeah. is so beyond the pale of what the other youth group kids are struggling with. I mean, that was yeah. very much how I thought of it. You know, this is, this puts me so out of step with all my fellow Christians I shouldn't talk about it. And if I do talk about it, it should be in hushed tones behind the youth pastor's door. You know, it, it shouldn't be just part of the normal experience of a youth group kid. And, um, you know, when I speak places, I sometimes use that quote from Francis Schaeffer where he says, Christians should never have the reaction designated by the term shocked. And I love that quote. You know, if, you, if, you're, if you're behaving pastorally towards someone and you're exhibiting shock, 
what you're saying to that person is, you know, your, your story is so unusual. It's so, um, it makes you such a special case yeah. that I've got to, I've got to sort of step back and figure out how to deal with you. And that, that encourages shame, you know, that encourages yes. embarrassment. And so I think treating, if, if, if a youth group kid comes out and treating that as the most normal thing in the world, because it is, mm-hmm. I mean, being gay is a very, very normal part of living in a fallen world, right? I mean, this is something that can happen to any Christian, any, any person. Um, and, and so coming, coming at it, not with that sense of now I've got to find some special counselor for you or, or some special support group for you, but oh. just saying, you know, Jesus can handle this. Our youth group can handle this. Mm-hmm. We want you here. We, you're a vital part of this youth group. I think that's a, that's a really important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I really hear you kind of saying is normalize, go ahead and normalize the struggle and, that can be one of the most helpful things that a youth minister might do. Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a conservative Christian, and sometimes my fellow conservatives, uh, they worry out loud about the normalization of homosexuality. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear that on, on, on radio programs and, and Christian uh, magazines talk about the normalization of homosexuality. And I, I know what they're worried about. You know, they're worried about sort of saying that all... Uh, sexual identities are equal before God. You know, every lifestyle choice is equally valid, and they're worried that that's not a Christian position. And I agree with that. You know, that it's not it's not Christian to sort of just treat all of our inclinations as equally viable for Christian living. So I I, I share that that anxiety about the normalization of homosexuality. But but I think we do need to normalize um, the experience of of um, you know, waking up one day and finding that your sexual desires are not what you consider "quote unquote" normal. Um, that that experience of realizing that, hey, I think there's something going on in my sexuality that doesn't make me heterosexual. You know, it it, it means I'm not straight. I think that experience is a common human experience, and we need to be able to say to a struggling youth group kid, like, you're not, you're not somehow um, beyond the realm of you're not taking God by surprise and you're not taking me as your youth minister by surprise to, to huh. share this. You know, it should just, it should be um, expected that a youth group kid would say this and, and, and giving them permission to say that by the way that you speak, the way that you behave, the way that you talk about gay people in general. Uh, I think that's important. Mm-hmm. So what are, some of the helpful ways that a youth minister might engage the topic with their students. Hmm. Some helpful things they might say or yeah. put out there to even kind of set the stage for how to how to broach it as a, a youth group even. Hmm. How to understand it. Yeah, or even the kind of things that would that would communicate that this this is a place that's safe. Yes. Like, this is a, I am a person that you're safe with. This is a community that you're safe with. For a kid who is wrestling with that that they would make them feel free to open up and you know, seek pastoral yeah. care. I mean, one really basic thing that probably should go without saying, but it's probably important to say, is is just working really hard to create a youth group culture that just prohibits any kind of bullying or any kind of um, stereotyping and negative remarks about gay people. I mean, yeah. I, it's still, in 2015, it's very easy to hear Christian people making gay jokes and that just has to not be part of the youth group culture. I mean, that's that yeah. should be ground zero. Um, but I think I think I think one thing I would caution youth ministers about is thinking that because you do an annual talk in your youth group about 
homosexuality or sexuality issues that therefore you're you're sort of creating a safe space. You're opening the door for this conversation. I think that's just not enough. I think what it actually needs to be is a more kind of consistent using gay people as illustrations in your talk that you're giving about some other topic. So I'll just give you an example of how this worked in my life. I remember um, I, I was I was uh, listening to um, a sermon, an audio recording of a sermon one time by a preacher that I really admire. And, you know, he's a conservative Christian evangelical preacher. And he was talking about Romans 1, and not, not the verses you think. It was verses 16 and 17 about mm-hmm. the righteousness of God, which is revealed uh, for, for, from faith for faith. And, um, you know, Paul says that this righteousness of God is for everyone who believes, you know, to, uh, to the Jew first, but also to the Greek. So it's for every human being. And this pastor just said, this means that it is literally for everybody. It's for rich or poor, black or white, gay or straight, and then just sort of went on. And that was the only time gay was mentioned in that sermon. But I just remember thinking, you know, in order to say those words from the pulpit, in order to craft that sermon, he had to be thinking about my situation. Well, I had to be on his mind. And that was, that was, I mean, that's a tiny little thing that any pastor could do easily any Sunday. But for me, it meant a lot. You know, it meant that um, he's aware that I am listening in this congregation or that people like me are there in the congregation. So I would say, you know, you could be giving a talk on um, how to how to study the Bible, you know, a generic talk. And, and, and in one of your illustrations, you just mentioned, you know, one of the reasons I, I, you guys as teenagers might want to study the Bible is that you have a gay friend and you want to know how to love that gay friend with the love of Jesus. And so you want to study the Gospels to see how Jesus loves people. You know, and, and that's all you say in the talk about being well, gay. But, but just the fact that you said that shows that you know that gay student is there or, or, or that gay friend may be there and you care about that. Cool. You know, so, so, so weaving those kind of things into just the kind of daily or weekly life of a youth group is important, I think. Um, I think. I think sort of looking for ways to undermine what I've, what I've started calling, it's not original with me, but what I would call the idolatry of the nuclear family. I think youth groups, in my experience, can be some of the places where this idolatry is most on display because there are so many youth group talks about, you know, safe sex for marriage because once you get married, sex is going to be great. You know, that's, that's, that's the sort of uh, message we sometimes give. And um, I think what that assumes is all these youth group kids are going to be married one day. It, uh, it, it assumes that heterosexual marriage wow. is the norm. And, you know, when you, when, you, when you reinforce that message over and over and over, it says to the gay kid sitting there, this is a church that believes marriage is the sort of summit of human happiness. It's yeah. the summit of Christian uh, well. fulfillment and maturity. And therefore, I, why would I talk to this youth minister about being gay? Because, I mean, or, <laughs> or if the kid does come and talk to you about being gay, why would you ever want to commend celibacy to the kid? Why would you ever think it would be attractive to the kid when you've just spent all your talks about sex assuming that everybody's going to be married and that that's right. just the kind of given of Christian existence? So, yep. so I think looking for those ways to sort of, um, in, in, your, in your public speaking, create a context where uh, being gay is assumed to be normal and, and being heterosexual and married is not assumed to be the only pathway for all these kids is important. Great. Mm-hmm. Well, um, Wesley, thank you so much for joining us. It's been extremely instructive and helpful. And God bless you in your ministry. Thanks. Thank you. Great to be with you.
To learn more about gospel-centered youth ministry, please visit our website at www.rootedministry.com. Music has been provided by High Street Hymns. You can access their music at www.highstreethymns.com. Alleluia, alleluia.